You're listening to the Royal Society of Medicine's Digital Health podcast series, where we aim to support healthcare innovation by disseminating knowledge of expert leaders at the Royal Society of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Marla Morkin. Welcome to today's episode. Right now, the world is ramping up its resources to tackle the coronavirus pandemic. Health professionals globally are turning to digital health to offer agile solutions to patient assessment, monitoring and treatment. We spoke with Dr Naomi Lee a few weeks ago after her talk at the RSM. Dr Lee is a vice chair of the World Health Organization's focus group on artificial intelligence for health and she's head of research for The Lancet. We discuss the need for evaluation of healthcare technologies to ensure public trust and we cover some of the challenges faced by researchers globally to prove that the technology works in clinical trials. As clinical practice is rapidly changing in response to the pandemic, we launched this episode of the podcast to help us think about ways that we can ensure trusted technologies are really being used for patient care. Please note that all views expressed in this episode are of the speakers themselves and not of the RSM. So on this episode today, we are here with Dr. Naomi Lee, who is Head of Research at The Lancet and is Vice Chair of the Artificial Intelligence for Health Forum at the World Health Organization and at the International Telecommunications Union. It's a mouthful, but it's exciting to be here with you. Please, Naomi, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what's kind of led you to be here at the RSM today. Thanks so much, Marla. Well, it's such a pleasure to be here. Um, In my first life, I was a urologist, and so I did come to the RSM as a trainee all through that life and really loved coming. But now today, I was here in a completely different capacity and for a different meeting. Um, So I'm head of research at The Lancet, as you said, and I was here today for the meeting of the digital section of the RSM, talking about the evaluation of AI for health. Oh, brilliant. So, um, So what part of digital health is it that you're excited about, really? Yeah, so coming from the Lancet, I'm really interested in the evaluation of um, in the evaluation of digital health, and especially with AI. You'll know, you'll remember, because you told me that you were also a medical doctor from medical school, that we have this established hierarchy of evidence when we're thinking about evaluating something right through from expert opinion, going through up to the gold standard of randomized control trial systematic reviews. And it's about that level that we think that practice should change. So when we have either a randomized trial or a systematic review, sometimes before that, but it's about then when, you know, as a general medical community, we think that there's a, a mass of evidence about the effectiveness and the safety of something that we can change from doing what we used to do to doing this new thing. And obviously that's worked really well for tens of years since the evidence-based medicine movement started. And I think what we're realizing as digital health grows, especially with artificial intelligence, is that that presents a specific set of challenges for this way of generating evidence. So it's expensive, it's slow, we know that models can be adaptive, and that way of generating evidence is difficult to kind of fit together. So what we're really interested in at the Lancet and also at the fo- this focus group that I work on with the World Health Organization and the International Telecommunications Union is thinking about those challenges and making sure that we can build in a way to address those, but within this kind of framework of efficacy and safety, cost effectiveness that we know and we trust and we know, you know more or less always delivers a good result. Wow, so we're really looking at how academia can really keep up, really, with the advancing movement of digital health. But have you, have you ever really read a paper that's about digital health and been like, yeah, this is it? 
have we got to that moment yet where we've where we're producing papers where we're really excited about how we're how we're analysing it? Yeah, to be honest, every time I read a paper, I'm like, digital. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I'm asking about one person. <laughs> no, but you know, in all seriousness, because I think you know when this field really started taking off a couple of years ago, a lot of the debate was going on in forums that weren't necessarily peer reviewed. So you know, maybe at meetings or uh, publications from different companies. Um, so when I, whenever I read a paper which has gone through that kind of peer review process and the results are held up to be robust, even if it isn't necessarily as exciting as what the other company is telling you that they can do, then I feel really excited because I know, firstly, that the field as a whole is embracing generating evidence on which to kind of keep growing, and then, you know, secondly, that there's a kind of solidity to that mm -hmm. knowledge which you know that you can trust it above something which is, you know, an unsubstantiated claim. Which I suppose is, is the risk with all of this because these uns, unsubstantiated claims could really be a danger to the patients really that we're looking at. So how, how do we protect our patients? Are we going to give them access to all of this data that we're analysing um, to, to prove whether or not the apps that they're using are helpful? How can they, how can they check on the apps that they're using really? Yeah, of course. So, you know, if you think about apps, then I think there's a couple of different questions. You know, first of all, obviously, you want to know that the app is, is safe, that your data is safe, um, that it's, the, it's being kind of conducted in a good way. But then also, if you're being offered an app, you want to know that it works. Mm -hmm. So I think the, there's a, a level now where we assume that things that are kind of offered on the NHS or supported by, by NHSX, we know that they're safe, that the handling of data is good, but we don't always know how they compare with other more established treatments. Mm -hmm. um, so I think patients maybe don't necessarily expect to be always given that data as they're offered the app, but I think people do expect that an endorsement by a national body like the NHS means not just that it's safe, but also that it probably works or, you know, mm -hmm. more than probably that it does work. Um, so I would obviously love us to kind of work within the digital health field towards a point where we can tell patients, okay, yeah, with confidence, this does work. And you also touched on that idea of, you know, patient confidence. And I think we've seen with a couple of examples recently you know you could talk about mesh mesh in surgery how we all felt very confident about using that about how a few small concerns were made and how very quickly when we were able to get the kind of big stale data we realized that the, the side effects for mesh were much greater than was first understood mm -hmm. and so kind of patient confidence eroded really quickly and obviously you know without being kind of alarmist then there is a risk for digital health and for artificial intelligence that if you had situations like that then you can very quickly lose public confidence and public trust and mm -hmm. I think that would be a real shame for people who feel very positive about this area. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting because we were talking earlier as well um, today at the conference about can this data really ever be anonymous that we're using in these studies? And I suppose, especially when you're looking from the Lancet and the eye of that, do you feel a fear or, or when you're about to put that stamp of approval from the Lancet on that you're saying, you know, we're publishing, we agree with it in our journals and la la la. Do you, do you feel the risk to the patients and the data that it's all coming out with that study as well? I mean, we definitely feel a responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, so I think when we're assessing papers and when we're sending them for review and, and assessing the, the quality of the reviews, we're always asking ourselves, you know, does the, does the evidence here 
is it robust enough for the claim? So obviously, you know, the more the more out of an outlier the claim is, then the more robust you would want the evidence to be yeah. if the claim is just slightly iterative. So of course there are times when we feel that the data doesn't stack up mm -hmm. um, to support the claim, and in that case, we won't publish the paper. So <laughs> yeah, you know, course. yeah, <laughs> you know, we t we do kind of take that really seriously, and occasionally, unfortunately, there are times when we might publish something, and our afterwards we find when we're doing you know kind of more post when people are kind of reading this post-publication, more concerns can get raised or occasionally researchers themselves can come back and find that they've made a problem with the data. So, you know, it's not foolproof, but mm -hmm. it is definitely kind of transparent and open. And what about you personally? What, what, what is it, the, the genres, the areas that you get really excited about in this field that you can see the papers coming in and you're excited about? Yeah, so, I mean, I think... I work broadly across all areas of health um, and so for me being at the Lancet which is nearly 200 years old and being in the office where we kind of have our first edition and our bust of the founder Thomas Wackley and you know we talk about the ideas of uh, the Lancet being a journal which isn't just about the evidence but is also has an element of kind of advocacy where we're talking about uh, those who are left behind, we're talking about the marginalised, we're talking about looking at health areas that are neglected. So I think I feel really excited when I see that, you know, digital health, AI, it isn't just a tool for perfecting something that, you know, we do here in London, but also is a chance to do something globally. So I feel super excited when I see papers, research papers, especially in digital health and AI from India, from China, from Africa, you know, from the kind of not the normal suspects mm -hmm. um, that are kind of reaching that level and, and changing clinical practice. So that, you know, there's lots of exciting things in the field, but where's the kind of the thing that kind of makes me feel like, oh, this is where I'm doing it. Um, you know, it's that example. Oh, brilliant. And so, okay, final question for you today is going to be, what can, we, what can we look forward to in the world of academia for how digital health is going to really interweave with it and change as we go forward in the next 10, 20 years? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, we definitely still have a reliance on uh, things like randomised control trials, and I don't think that anyone could shake that methodology. I personally don't think right now, in terms of talking about comparative efficacy, that is still a way to make sure that there's no confounding and you have confidence in that comparative result. But I think realistically we are going to see more and more use of um, digital health records, of kind of big data collected from a number of different sources. And that's really exciting as well because if you think back to surgery, which is, is my background, if you wanted to know what the um, morbidity was associated with a particular procedure, you had to make a database and follow up all of those different patients individually. So it took a long time and it was really time consuming consuming and now already we're seeing that actually you know you can use HES codes you can find patients that had that data it might not be perfect but it's a way of answering a question more quickly than we could have done before so it's that kind of meeting of the digital health and the research that I think is really exciting as we move forward. Wow a lot to look forward to then thank you so much for having a conversation with us today um, and um, good luck with all of this in the future too. Thank you Marla thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the RSM Digital Health podcast series from the Digital Health Council. Please remember that the views expressed in this podcast 
are of the speakers themselves and not of the RSM. You can continue to follow us on this podcast and tune in to the next episode. And also we'd love to have you down at some of the Digital Health Council events at the RSM, which you can find out more about at www.rsm.ac.uk. And we've put the links in the podcast description too. Bye for now.